Blog Talk Radio. Fight Right Podcast, a writer's resource for writing fight scenes. I am your host, Carla Hoke, and let me get my audio off. I'm not, hey, if you're a fan of the show, you know I have technical difficulties always. I am your host, Carla Hoke, and two words, y'all, two words, John Wick 3. Oh, that's three words. I'm sorry, three words, y'all, three words. John Wick 3, it came out Friday. I haven't seen it yet. I'm itching to see it. Keanu Reeves does the fighting in all of these John Wick movies, he does the fighting all himself, and he has trained for them. The moves are legit. It is all real, except for what's not. Okay. Everything is real except what's not. The hand-to-hand combat is beautiful and spot-on. Um, getting hit by a car half dozen times, being blown out of a house from a blast and getting just a little singed, eh. But you know what? It's Keanu, y'all. He's no more mere mortal, Ex- except he is just—he's just human, just like you and me. And that's what I love about it. Okay, what are we doing? Okay, see all this talk of Keanu's got me flushed. This is the Fight Right podcast. It is an extension of the blog FightRight.net, another resource for all you writers writing fight scenes. Right now, uh, we are in part three of a four-part series on PTSD and how it will manifest in your characters. So head over to FightRight.net hit the index tab and get a good look at all the different posts available to you. I'm still leading the band on the blog is how to get out of handcuffs by dislocating your thumb. And is it even possible? My gosh, again, like 10,000, 10,000 views. And I will say it like I have said previously, that makes me feel like I'm responsible for something. I'm just going to say that, but I am not. Hey, I release any responsibilities on that. Um, come June 11th, you'll, you'll have even more info at your fingertips with my book, Fight Right, How to Write Believable Fight Scenes, published by Writer's Digest. You can get it in all forms anywhere and can pre-order now from Amazon. So don't let me stop you. Go ahead, pre-order it. If there's a question you would like me to answer on the show, you can uh, get in touch with me on the comments, uh, the email, no, I'm sorry, the email form on fightright.net, and I will say your name on the podcast and do my best to answer your question as thoroughly as possible. Oh, and I will be teaching at the Writer's Digest National Conference, August 23rd to 25th, and at the end of this episode, I will give you a code for $50 off registration. Okay, our question for this episode is from A.K.R. Scott. If someone is knocked unconscious, how long can they remain that way and still be believably mobile and alert an hour later? That is a fantastic question because it's a whole lot more complicated than you would think. First of all, knocked unconscious. Sometimes people say knocked out anytime someone blacks out, um, like if they're in a choke hold and they lose consciousness, they're choked out. Sometimes people just say, yeah, I was knocked out by the choke. But we're going we're gonna to assume that this is an actual blow to the body. It is a tough question because there's some things we got to figure in here. First of all, biologically, why did that knockout occur? 
We got to figure that out first because it's not always a concussion. And we got to look at the level of injury as well. Okay, what are our biological factors here? All right. Why the knockout actually occurred. There's a couple ways that you can be knocked out from a biological standpoint. The first one is the disruption of blood pressure. Technically, a blow to any part of the body can render you unconscious if it disrupts your blood pressure. Okay, now that said, there are certain parts of the body where there's a greater likelihood to disrupt that blood pressure. So, could you get a whack to the legs and knocked out? Uh, if it disrupts blood pressure, yes. How likely is that? Eh, I'm not going to say it's impossible possible the only absolute in fighting is there are no absolutes but there's a much greater likelihood if you take a blow um, above the shoulders a good bet um, is getting hit in the neck or the jaw now why does a punch to the neck or the jaw knock you out two reasons it's going to be a shock to the carotid artery or a shock to the vagus nerve both of those will dis, uh, disrupt blood pressure without necessarily causing a concussion. Now, a concussion could result from the blow, but not always. The thing is, even if what causes you to lose consciousness doesn't give you a concussion, the fall after you lose consciousness probably will. Now, why do you lose consciousness when blood pressure is um, disrupted? That is because the body looks to uh, maintain itself. It wants to get the brain, even with the heart, to maximize blood flow. And you got two options there. One, you can lie down or you can levitate. Depends on your character. But for the most part, us humans on earth with gravity, it's going to require us to go fall into the ground. But if there is no um, concussion, the ramifications of being knocked out aren't as bad. And so getting back to normalcy won't be that bi as big of a deal. I took a punch to the jaw one time. It, you know, if I'm thinking back, I feel like, gosh, it's been about seven years ago. I feel like it was to my chin and there's a, <laughs> they call the chin the button for the reason. Cause you, you get popped and I, and I don't mean like, um, it didn't spin my head. It just was a good solid pop to the jaw that kind of made me step back. Um, and it did cause me to kind of blackout. Now for me, blackout and a knockout just for me personally are two different things. I blackout far too often because I have very low blood pressure. And so if I jump up from a sitting position, then every, sometimes everything in the world goes dark and I, I just have to lean against a wall. Um, so I have, blacked out I don't really see anything around me but I haven't lost consciousness so and that you know what that may be a completely wrong definition of blackout that's just what I'm referring to so I got hit in the chin I'm pretty sure it was the chin and everything did go black but I didn't go completely unconscious and my sparring partner caught me before I hit the floor um when I was I, I was dizzy probably for less than a minute. And my partner and I were able to hide it from our coach, which is stupid. Don't do that. If you're in boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, um, and you take a blow to the chin or the face or the neck and you get really rattled, you need to stop. Okay. Don't, do as I say, don't do as I do. We were stupid and we kept going and 
she caught me and kept me standing because she didn't, we didn't want the coach to see because we would get in trouble. We weren't supposed to be going that hard, whatever. We we're supposed to be going lighter. We would have gotten chewed out. So I took the hit on the chin, the room spun and it is weird. Everything literally spins around you got dark. Uh, I remember my knees buckling and my partner um, steadying me. And I guess she made it look like we were in a clinch. I don't even, I don't even remember how that worked, but um, in under 30 seconds, I could stand up on my own and, and move my hands enough to where the coach didn't notice that something was wrong with us. I did not have a concussion. Okay, but now let's say that the knockout is from a concussion. What is a concussion? I Growing up, I remember saying, well, they got a concussion. That's a bruise to the brain. Well, yeah, well yes and no. Okay. Traumatic brain injuries, which is what they call concussions now, TBIs, traumatic brain injuries, are a big deal. They're finding more and more how common they are um, in sports. And so it's fairly easy to find out information on concussions. But this is how a concussion is defined by the CDC. A concussion is a type of traumatic brain injury, or TBI, caused by a bump, blow, or jolt to the head, or by a hit to the body that causes the head and brain to move rapidly back and forth. The sudden movement can cause the brain to bounce around or twist in the skull, creating chemical changes in the brain and sometimes stretching and damaging brain cells. Okay, so getting knocked out, people say, well, your brain hits your skull and that's what caused you to get knocked out. Not necessarily. You have limbic fluid around your brain and, and it's kind of like a padding. And so the brain may never actually make contact with the skull but it gets rattled enough that there's chemical changes that take place and it's kind of like a reboot the body just says no we need to start this over and so you black out okay so the first thing we need to look at number one what actually caused the knockout was it a disruption to blood pressure or was a concussion okay if it's a concussion or actually even if it's a either one the second thing you really have to consider is the level of injury. Um, first, you know, an easy one, how much blood is flowing in the eyes? If your character gets hit in the forehead, first of all, the head bleeds a ton. If you put the exact same cut on your arm and then put that same cut on your forehead, the one on the forehead will bleed and bleed and bleed. The head is very blood rich. And so if blood flows down into the eyes, it's going to impede vision. So even if your character is able to, you know, move about and all that kind of stuff, they're not, their vision is going to be impeded. If in the knockout they um, did hit the ground and they laid there for a while and the blood flowed in their eyes and kind of congealed and stuck their eyelashes and all that together, then they're going to have, you know, an even greater problem. Their vision is going to be impeded even, even further. If there is a concussion, what part of the brain suffered the greatest injury will have an effect too, because different parts of the brain can affect mobility differently. Now, if you, if you remember science, if you remember science class in biology, I remember, um, I lack, let me see. I kid you not. I think I like three hours having a biology degree. How ridiculous is that? I got so, hang on. No, maybe it's six hours. Anyhow, it's a ridiculous, ridiculously small amount. 
And in biology, um, I remember when we went over the brain, they had mapping. They said that, you know, sight is from here and, and you know, what a hearing is from here. If you have read the book, and I highly suggest you do, The Brain That Changes Itself, you will find that the brain is a little more plastic than we thought it was. However, if you are wondering, okay, I want my character to have a brain injury that's going to cause him to lose mobility in his legs, you can still refer back to that old brain map. The way they created those brain maps is they looked at people who had traumatic brain injuries, where the injury occurred, and then looked at what part of the body seemed affected by that. Okay, so find yourself a brain map and think, okay, if, if I want them to have slurred speech, this is probably where they need to get hit, but not necessarily. However, it's a good jumping off point. Um, how bad is the concussion? That is going to have a really big effect on it. And if you have never had a, have had a concussion, high five. Good for you, because I'm going to tell you, despite what you may have heard, they are not fun. They are awful. Um, and jujitsu one time I hit my head on a teammate and it was during technique. It wasn't even sparring. I didn't even have a good, I mean, I wish I had a really great concussion. You know, I got, I got punched in the head. No, I didn't. I just rolled back and I whacked heads with somebody. Um, but it was pretty darn hard. The room went black. I saw stars. Um, I wasn't sure what was happening. My partners that I was doing technique with, they were talking to me, but my ears were ringing, and so I didn't didn't hear them very well. I remember my partners asking me if I was okay. I did not lose consciousness completely, but my head hurt very quick. It wasn't so bad that I couldn't spar. And I think I sparred 20 minutes after that, which was stupid. Just It really was, just like me not wanting the coach to know when I got punched in the face and got dizzy. If you suspect at all, if you take a hard knock to the brain and you feel a little off in some way, stop. Do not do as I say, not as I do. Okay. I never claim to be a, a genius here. Um, so I went on to spar for about 20 minutes and I do remember my head really hurting. Um, within an hour of that injury, my head felt like it was going to explode. I remember standing in the shower and holding my head. I don't remember being nauseated. And I always assumed that if you had a concussion that you felt like you needed a vomit. And I didn't feel like that. Um, I got out of the shower and I told my husband, I said, I feel like my head is going to explode. He's a former rugby player. <laughs> so he knows what concussions look like. And I kid you not. He said, look at me. And I looked at him. He goes, yeah, you got a concussion. Go to sleep. Well, okay, if your character does have a concussion, when it heals, it's going to heal while they're sleeping. We'll get back to exhaustion post-concussion in a minute. Um, however, even with that mild of a concussion, so little that I did not lose consciousness, I don't think once my head started hurting, if I could have moved with any speed or have defended myself productively. And again, that was a very mild concussion. For about a week after, I was very, very tired. I would be sitting up in a chair and just fall asleep sitting up. Um, I was very cranky, crankier, my kids would probably say, crankier. 
light hurt my eyes, uh, watching TV, uh, you know, things on the iPad that really gave me a headache. I couldn't write either. I was writing for a magazine at that time, I think, and I just wasn't able to get my work done. So whether or not your character can get up and get back to whatever it is they were doing will relate to, again, what actually caused them to lose uh consciousness and whether or not they had a concussion, how bad that concussion is, whether they had blood in their eyes. Getting back to the concussion symptoms. There are some symptoms that are immediate within the first, you know, from the time you get hit within, let's say, the first 12 hours. Now, I went to sleep pretty quick after my concussion, which I don't even know if I'm supposed to do. I think I think now they do tell you to go ahead and go to sleep and have somebody kind of, you know, wake you every couple hours, make sure you're okay. So some of these symptoms I may have had and just didn't know it because I slept through it. But from the time they get hit, at least the first 12 hours, maybe longer, maybe a little bit less, these are some symptoms of a concussion. And obviously, the worse the concussion, I would imagine the worse the symptoms. Um, All of these that I'm about to read to you, by the way, are straight out of my book. I've got my advanced author copy and I've been reading through it and I have a whole section on injuries and in the injury section, cushions. Ta-da. All right. So here we go. Here are some symptoms. Blacking out to a complete loss of consciousness. Remember, I'm weird. I just, I don't see those the same. Um, Confusion, ringing in the ears, seeing stars. And the weird thing about seeing you really do, it's like someone has thrown glitter in the air and you see sparkles everywhere. The weird thing is um, the few times I've seen sparkles, it's always been kind of to the outside peripheral, the outside of my vision. I don't ever remember the stars being right in front. I just remember them being around the edges. Um, Dizziness, uh, ringing in the ears, pupil dilation or pupils of differing sizes. Vomiting, nausea, slurred speech, slow thinking, delayed response, appearing dazed, exhaustion, fatigue. And I mean, it feels like you have been drugged. It is very important if your character has a traumatic brain injury that they sleep. One of the things that I'm, I, I will tell you that the more I have learned about fighting and some of, you know, some of what I know about fighting, I've, I've learned from fight training. And some of it's just me studying on my own reading books. I'm good grief. I've got weapons books and fighting books all over my house. Um, to heal. Okay. When I'm watching movies and I see people at like, especially in fantasy scenes when they're out on a, you know, an epic battle scene and they're getting whacked in the head and it's like they have a dent in their helmet if they got a dent in their helmet, I bet their brain took a good jolt. And yet, you know, you see these people marching on, marching on, marching on for hours later. Man, I'm telling you what, if you get a concussion, you are so tired. And again, if you do not sleep, your brain doesn't have a chance to relax and really heal. That could really be a great plot twist for you, that this warrior you know, who has to keep going, has to keep going. You know, he's causing a problem because he's got to sleep. Maybe they have to carry him in a wagon. Maybe they have to carry him on a horse, but the guy has to sleep because he's got a brain injury. All right, here are some delayed symptoms, which can further give you a little bit of a plot twist. Concentration and memory issues. Um, Irritability and personality changes. That latter is a biggie 
I have seen that firsthand in folks, personality changes post-concussion, and there's been a lot of focus on it with professional sports. A brain injury and definitely repeated brain injuries can absolutely change how your character behaves. And here's why. Um, according to Cognitive FX, which is a site that's totally dedicated to traumatic brain injury, and it doesn't just tell about brain injury, it also like gives support for loved ones who have to take care of people with traumatic brain injuries. Um, brain injuries can damage connections that go from the cerebral cortex, which is the part of the brain that has a role in memory, attention, perception, cognition, and aware, awareness. So connections from the cerebral cortex to the limbic system which is the part of the brain that supports functions like emotion, behavior, motivation, um, those connections get damaged. Those connections allow us to evaluate our emotional reactions, understand how important events really are, and decide on a response that meets the demand of those, that situation. So when these connections are injured, the emotional response differs from what it was before the injury and is not always in sync with the current situation. So, you know, spilled milk before the concussion, somebody may, somebody may have just said, Oh my gosh, you know, your character may have just cleaned it up and gone on with life. Post concussion, they may have gone to a rage. They may have, they may cry. They may feel completely hopeless because their brain is having a hard time weighing the correct level of response for that situation. And I think that is fantastic in a storyline because you may have this, you know, mild mannered character, very um, solid, very steady. They get in a car accident, traumatic brain injury, and they just become a rageful or depressed person after. So See, I'm telling you, injuries offer you a lot. All right, but back to the original question. Uh, if someone is knocked unconscious, how long can they remain that way and still be mobile? Oh, how long can they remain that way? Okay, let's stop there. It depends on the injury, but and also it depends on whether somebody help, helps them come to or not. I've seen fighters um, knocked out and back up on their feet and balanced in under a minute. And they may, but again, that's because somebody kind of brought them to you know um, some of the ways they do that they'll lift the feet up to get blood flow you know going back towards the brain they'll um, tap them on uh, well more than tap and they kind of slap them on the cheeks and until they bring them back around to consciousness um, they could have gotten up probably in under a minute but a fighter when they're knocked out they the medics have to keep them sitting sitting and do a health check so don't assume that if your character punches somebody out that the victim is going to be out for like an hour. That is not how it works. It could be seconds. It could be minutes. And again, if they don't have a concussion, they may be back throwing punches sooner than your punching character expects. Oh, and speaking of backup and punching, when someone is knocked out, they don't always just lie there inert. That If you've never seen somebody punched out, that is, it is a misconception. You assume they fall to the floor and they just go completely limp, which, yes, sometimes they do. But sometimes they twitch, uh, they stiffen up like they're having a seizure. I hate when that happens. It scares me when I see that. But it, it's, it happens to some people. Um, sometimes they keep rolling their head around and you would swear they're looking around them, but they're completely unconscious. They may moan. When they do regain consciousness, 
they may go right back to the place and time where they were when they were knocked out. So a fighter knocked out when he comes to, he or she may think they're still in the fight, and so they may come to punching. So that could add a another little twist, a little something humorous to your work. So, AKR Scott, the answer to your question if someone is knocked unconscious, how unconscious, how long can they remain that way and still be believably mobile and alert an hour later? Uh, the answer is it depends. If you need the character back into the thick of it, um, I would suggest kind of a, a blow to the back of the jaw or the neck because that could disrupt their blood pressure and not necessarily cause them to have a concussion. But again, you have to take into account they're going to be falling. So they need to fall in such a way that they don't really, you know, injure their head. Now, if the punch lands on the jaw and it makes the head turn quickly, then you may end up a concussion. And that's just because of the way the human neck is designed. If, uh, if our necks could just keep on spinning, we'd all be fine when we were hitting the jaw. But, but the tendons and the muscles in the necks stop the head from spinning and unfortunately the brain keeps going because of physics and stuff an object in motion keeps keeps wanting to be in motion so the head stops and the brain keeps going which causes the concussion if you want them to be compromised you could give them an injury that causes um you want them to be compromised just as far as mobility but you don't want them to have just a horrible horrible um, concussion. You could count, cause them to have a cut on the head that flows into the eyes that impedes their vision. Um, but if you do give them a traumatic brain injury, oh, and never mind if you give them like a horrible gaping wound. Gross. I mean, that's that's a whole other level of, of stuff. But if they do get a traumatic brain injury, that offers um, a plethora of options fans of Three Amigos, a plethora. Did you know what a plethora is? No, el guapo. But it will offer you a plethora of options for you from dizziness all the way down to a complete personality change. So, thank you for your question, Fight Rider, AKR Scott. I really hope I answered it. Sometimes I start answering questions and I forget what the question was, but I'm looking back at it and I think I've answered it. And, and it, again, it's not a cut and dried two minutes, one minute. There are a lot of factors that go into that, which I think is great because it offers you so many different opportunities in your writing. If there is a question that you would like me to answer on this show, go to the email form on fightright.net. On that note, shout out to Unknown Region. I've been looking at my stats, and my viewership in Unknown Region is just going up in leaps and bounds. I think it's number three of this week. So uh, Unknown Region. Thank you. I guess it's safe to say that they got internet in Middle Earth, y'all, and Canada. Y'all are picking up steam, and I know who it is. It's just one person in Canada who's just reading me like hundreds of times. You're awesome, but you have a job to do, so get back to the mat. For more info on how a concussion might affect your character, again, buy my book, Fight Right, How to Write Believable Fight Scenes. It is out June 11th with Writer's Digest, but you can pre-order now. And come 12 a.m. of June 11th, it will magically appear on your Kindle-ish device, iPad, whatever you read on. And it'll be in your mailbox 
you know, that afternoon or the next day. I'm not sure when Amazon, how they do that. I really don't know. Do they not mail it until June 11th or do they mail it the day before? So it gets, I, I don't know. Anyway, you can buy it now. Um, you can come see me at the Writer's Digest National Conference in New York City, y'all, August 23rd through the 25th. If you use the code WDSPEAKER19, you will get $50 off registration. And that's it, I think. That is it for this Fight Right broadcast. Um, this Fight Right broadcast was brought to you by the, what is it, the blog. FightRight.net, the number three in the letters F and W. Until the next round on the Fight Right podcast, get blood on your pages. <laughs>